0: Welcome back everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, Kellen Kennedy with you. Today is indeed Santa's Day on 630 Chad. It is inspired by a simple wish to see every child receive a new toy at Christmas. With your help, we can make that wish come true. You can donate to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous now by calling 587 855 1821, or visit Santa's ca. You can help bring Christmas to more than 20,000 children in need by donating today. Phone bank volunteers, they've decided to stick around, and uh, they're all up for it. You can reach them out if you're an Oilers now listener. Again, that number 587-855-1821. Great place for a Christmas party, Roose Chris Steakhouse. And some guests on the show receive GCs from Roos Chris, whether you celebrating a special moment or simply saving the night of the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris State Coast. You can tell Brendan, Chris, and Jeff Top that Oilers now sent you. Roos Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. till close, 4 o'clock in winter game days. As we bring aboard daily Faceoffs, Frank Cervalli for the Horses and Horse Racing in Alberta. Experience live standard bed racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more information, head to thehorses.com. Hi, Frank. How are you?
1: I'm good, Bob. Have you ever played Santa before?
0: Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that, but yes, okay, yes, I have. All right, uh, I think
1: you'd be a good one.
0: You think so? You think I've got you're a what,
1: jolly, you're a jolly fellow.
0: <laughs> I'm a jolly fellow, okay, pot. <laughs> you're also 20 years younger than me, of course. I've got so hey, much, I've got, I've got, a, I've got, a got so rough much paper
1: route, bud. What's that? I said, I've had a rough paper route. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, you are from Philly, so kind of comes with the territory. Uh, Well, we just—I don't. Did you hear the Ken Holland interview that was just on right now? I don't know if you I heard. did not. Okay. No. Uh, he briefly kind of explained Lafair, uh Broberg and and I, I do think it's and I brought it up the day that it went down because you were down in Seattle and Kevin Weeks reported and then you did your investigative reporting and then uh, <laughs> and I <laughs> you can shed some insight on it at any time. Feel free to jump in. I did mention, you know, I recall when I worked at the All Sports Station one of the big stories was that Kobe Bryant was going to leave the LA Lakers and Kobe Bryant was a massive star, God rest his soul. And in the end, he did not uh, leave the Lakers. And Philip Broberg ain't no Kobe Bryant. But the point in this is, and Ken just said it, sometimes uh, there are situations where players are unhappy with their role in their ice time, and it is the job of the agent to procure movement on behalf of the
1: organization. So now, Frank, I'm going to shut up and give you the floor. How about it? Well, I mean, you covered it quite nicely. I would say The thing is, there's no doubt there was frustration there with Philip Broberg as you see him go down to Bakersfield today. And he wants to play. He wants to contribute. He's a proud guy. He obviously was well thought of in the organization. And I think if you were to also inject some truth serum into Ken Holland, like Ken Holland is invested in Philip Broberg and Ken Holland wants to see him do well. And so do the Oilers. The problem is they're not in a, in a position right now to be able to say, Hey, you have unlimited runway here. And I also see it from Broberg's angle, which is, he hasn't really been tested. He's been put in a spot where if he makes a mistake more often than not, he's a healthy scratch. If not the next game, then, then soon thereafter. And when you have that hanging over your head as a young player, trying to find your way in the league, sometimes that's, a bit much it's a bit overbearing in another organization at another time he's given more latitude and more rope but where the Oilers are at and frankly where they've been last season in the regular season included they've got some ground to make up at at varying points in January it wasn't you think back to last year it wasn't all swimming swimmingly and they've had some some bumps in the road that they've had to sort through every year Everywhere. Unfortunately, Philip Roberg has been the, the shrapnel, the collateral damage from it.
0: Completely fair for those people that are texting us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line and saying, Bob, you free qu- you free passed Ken on the drafting and development question. We didn't have enough time to get to it. To be frank with you, we did an overview. We talked about the numbers. We talked about what we thought Ken's uh, thoughts were on the impact of the coaching change. I think it's pretty apparent that we're seeing a different. Oilers team. I think, Frank, you would concur with that thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know how hard I pushed on Bouchard. I wanted, I, it, to the point that I was mad at guys a month ago. Because they're like, he's going to play his way out of this, trust me. I know you don't like it at times as he appears to be uh, not urgent defensively, but he's elite offensively, and the team spends way more time up the ice. In Broberg's case, I, I actually feel bad for him. I do, because I think back to two years ago in Vegas, the Oilers did not have Kulak, and they did not have Ekholm, and Philip Roberg played top-pairing minutes in that game with Cody Ceci, and he looked like he was going to be a player. He looked like, you know what, he's he played, he played like 22 minutes in that game. Then Ceci got COVID, and Jim Playfair moved Philip Roberg from left shot to right shot D in the next game, and he struggled. So I have some empathy for the position. that The one thing Ken said is he believes in the player. And I bet you that doesn't surprise you, Frank,
1: that Ken would say. No, it doesn't. And I know that Ken Holland had a discussion with Broberg last night during the intermission and probably said exactly as much that, you know, we believe in you. we We want to make this work. And I think. Just from a pure asset management standpoint, the worst thing the Oilers could do right now is trade him when his value is at the absolute lowest. Hundred percent. It's not not easy to keep him happy, and and I'm sure there's not a lot of good feelings going down to Bakersfield, but at least he gets a chance to play in the meantime. And and remember, if there, you know, if people wanted to attach drama to this, which I don't, I don't think there should be. The, the job of the agent in this case, he's fielding the calls on a nightly basis after the game from his client. If there's frustration there, at some point it comes down to the client saying, you got to do something to help me out here. you got to get me out of here. And I think that frustration boiled over this week and, and understandably so at varying points. Now, that said, the mindset from Broberg, whenever he does get his next opportunity, has to be, I'm going to make the most of it and mistakes be damned like there does need to be a connection at some point between player and progress and and I think part of that has been lost but I think at this moment right now if you're trying to decide uh, you know on a scale between lack of opportunity and blown opportunity it's it's shaded more for me right now towards lack of opportunity I would agree with that
0: and I would also suggest you and I've had this discussion with Ken Holland and one of the things that I'm quite optimistic about is as Jeff Jackson takes ownership of this organization, and it's clear with some of the moves that he has, like Tyler Wright no longer being the head amateur scout, Rick Pracy becoming the head amateur scout, I believe the Oilers will have a better drafting development model because I believe it has been disjointed the last several years. And it needs to be a collaborative effect. And I've had this discussion with Colin Chalk. About how minutes are allocated on the minor yeah, at the minors. Like Chris Knobloch came from Hartford, and he would hear about it. If you know, in the past, maybe a couple of years ago, Braden Schneider didn't play twenty minutes a game, or more, more, more recently, Matthew Robinson, the former Edmonton Oil King, uh, Ian Herbers was in Milwaukee. They filled out his lineup card for him. There was very, There's other organizations that give more creative license to the coach, but if you look at the body of work. Frank, if you look at the body of work uh, with Jeff Jackson and Wasserman, mm-hmm. they did a real good job developing their players. They took best of practices from all the organizations in the league. Mm-hmm. Look at the second round of their guys in 2016. The Oilers took Tyler Benson, and they had Debrinkit, and Cairo, and Taylor Radish, who were all legitimate NHL players, you know, and the, and that agency played a factor, and agencies can do that, Frank.
1: Well, I was going to say the other thing, too, is if we're being real, the there hasn't been a lot of trust in Broberg from now two different coaching staffs. And again, short sample size with this one and Chris Knobloch, but mostly because they don't have the runway to be able to give it to him. But I will say that on the list of reasons why Jay Woodcroft is no longer coach of the Oilers, The way the Broberg situation was handled is on the list somewhere. It's toward the bottom, but it's on there.
0: Yeah. I mean, he played very well against Nashville in the 6-1 victory, and the Oilers elected to put De'Hernay back in. De'Hernay had fought in the first game of the year against Vancouver. Mm -hmm. The Oilers totally outplayed Vancouver in game two. Should have won that game, didn't. And then they blew out with Jack Campbell in goal. The... uh, uh the Nashville Predators and then broberg came out and they clearly had more time for Dayern But saying that, Chris Knobloch has run with Daernet too
1: as the penalty job exactly. taken off. So, right. You know, so it's it's interesting and you know, here's the thing when it spans two different coaches, then at some point there also is some onus on the player. Yeah. And the agent's doing his job, Frank. Hundred
0: percent. The agent he gets
1: paid by the player to to to, for this exact type of situation.
0: This happens. We had Brian Lawton on Frank. He said this happens way more than people realize. All the time. All the time. Like, come on, man. So it's it's. And to be
1: honest, if Kevin Weeks didn't report it, I'm not sure that I would have even made a call to ask. I knew that from making my calls around the league that Broberg wasn't happy. But it didn't take it a rocket scientist to figure that out.
0: And the first guy you call in that situation is who? The agent. That's the first guy. What's yeah. going on here? And, and so at the That's end of the day... who
1: you always call in that situation.
0: And, Help and, me understand what's happening here. And Ken Holland said he's since had a couple discussions with Darren Ferris, and he said there may have been a little bit of confusion that arose. So away you go. All right. Uh, so uh, the orders is goaltending. The other thing that Ken said is the fur. And again... There's a lot of Oilers fans that don't want to hear it. They're listening right now, and they're saying,
1: damn it, Jack Campbell's not going to cut getting the it. tweets. What's that? I said I'm getting all the tweets. I see them. Yeah, they're like, why is the Edmonton
0: Oilers not traded for a goaltending? And, and unfortunately, we're explaining to you that the first course of action probably is Jack Campbell's going to get two of the next three starts. My guess is if he plays well in those two games, he'll rejoin the Oilers when we go to New York City. And that'll be when the shift occurs with Calvin Pickard. There is a team, Frank, that's made an abundance of trades with a general manager who's made an abundance of trades. He, uh, he won the Stanley Cup with Carolina back in 2006. He won a Stanley Cup again in Pittsburgh. He's in Vancouver as sort of the overseer of the GM, Patrick Alvin, and that's Jim Rutherford. Five of the eight trades this year have been made by the Vancouver Canucks. Your
1: thoughts? I, I think their aggressive posture is a big reason why they are where they are. I mean, think about their last 10 months, they've changed their entire coaching staff, completely reshaped their blue line, swapping out four out of their six guys, bought out their most expensive defensemen, restructured their bottom six forward group and brought in penalty killers, and traded for a backup goalie in Casey DeSmith, who's been simpatico with thatcher demko i mean i don't know how much more you can accomplish in a 10 month period of time than that yeah and there's a there's a reason why instead of sitting and waiting and saying we like quinn hughes elias peterson jt miller and thatcher demko but instead of saying we're gonna wait for those guys to put our team on on their back and, and carry us into the playoffs. They need help, and dressing replacement level defensemen on a nightly basis is not going to work. And the other part that isn't going to work is sitting back and saying, "Well, it's hard to make trades or dollar in, dollar out." It, it's those are cliches, and if you listen long enough, you can play a game on your bingo card. But some people choose to sit back on their hands and I'm not pointing fingers because I think there's a lot of managers that are guilty around the league of this at a time when I think the real answer is fortune favors the bold Yeah. if you step up look look at the most aggressive teams in the league and you can draw a direct line to their success Vegas is ruthless they've said goodbye to more good players over the last five to six years upset people around the league like piss them off you know Paul you ask go ask Paul Stasny what he thinks about the Vegas Golden Knights Mark Andre or, Fleury. Or Mark Andre Fleury. What about the Florida Panthers? How many people have been more aggressive than Bill Zito? They go to a Stanley Cup final last year. And they're probably really well positioned to to try and go on a deep run again this year.
0: 17th place overall last year in the standings, but in fairness a team that led the league the year before in the standings and uh, they don't have a you know we But led
1: the league in, in the, led the league in the regular season and then traded for Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. How many teams do that? Look at how aggressive the Arizona Coyotes how were How about this year.
0: how about we went down on that Florida road trip and Florida and Tampa neither team has a first round pick this past year, this year and next year. <laughs> both
1: organizations have 20, 27 is their next first round and pick. Yes,
0: and and they're still yeah. Well, it's 24, 24. Yeah, 23, 24, and 25 are all gone for both clubs. Okay, and
1: they're not done. No, the, they're sitting here thinking and plotting what, how they're going to improve what else, their
0: team. What, what else can What else can they do? Right? I mean,
1: and that's what Vancouver's doing. They're ready to go. They're yeah. Looking well, I mean, they the got the
0: the one that you know, and and I know full disclosure. The Edmonton Oilers made a very similar offer on Sam Lafferty. The pick they had was for the next season. It wasn't for the 24 draft. It was the 25 draft. It was the same pick. And the decision... I still
1: can't believe a team decided to pick Ryan Reeves over Sam Lafferty.
0: And that's but... that's true, right? In Toronto, and Tree decided that Vancouver's pick in that round would be better off than Edmonton's pick in a year from now. And, but I love probably Lafferty.
1: Probably a good bet. I love Lafferty. Well, matters. Well,
0: I, love, I personally love Lafferty, and even he's exceeded my expectations. He's been an unbelievable pickup. Columbus, Frank. Uh, boy, people got... They were texting the show yesterday in the Ashley Fine Floors text line Frank Valley for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Live standard bed racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile. Uh, Elvis Mers Leachkin's out due to an illness, we're told, from a well placed source. You can figure out who that is. Um, but what is Columbus a team to watch here that might be. Uh, they might not be done just moving Eric Robinson?
1: Yeah, I mean. I'd love to know who's going to be making the trades first off. It feels to me like Jarmo Kekalainen's a dead man walking. Um, they, I don't even know where they start. Half their team, when you watch them on a nightly basis, feels like they don't even like hockey. And in parentheses, I'm pointing at Patrick Laine. And they've got all these young players that are in an awful environment right now. Pascal Vincent seems exasperated. And they've got Sillinger and Johnson, and Juracek, and Fantilli, all these guys that are fantastic draft picks that they've almost completely dropped the ball on the development front. Yeah. Look at the path of Sillinger and how backwards that's been. Well, I mean,
0: I look at it, Fantilli's their best prospect, Juracek's their second best prospect, Johnson's probably their third best. Sillinger was a surprise to me how good he was a couple of years ago. The regression has been significant, Frank.
1: So, okay, so let's focus on Juracek for a second. I think he's already their second best defenseman based on what we've seen this year. Last game, they played Bokvis 25 minutes and Peak 23, and Juracek played 10 or 12? Yep. Tonight, they bring up Blankenberg, and it's warensky and Blankenberg and David Juracek's on the third pair. I know. What are they doing? I don't you can, know. As, as Aaron Portsline pointed out in The Athletic, you can no longer make the case that this season is about this season. It should only be about when you have star talents like that at that age fostering an environment for success in the future.
0: Frank, one final one for you. Can Connor McDavid reel in Nikita Kucherov and win the Art Ross and get himself back in the mix to be in the Hart Trophy conversation? you oversee the Professional Hockey Writers Association?
1: I think he can, and I think he will. I think Connor McDavid ends up somewhere between 135 and 145 points. Hope you're right, Frank. Hope you're right. I'd be shocked if Kucherov gets to that level.
0: Love having you on the show. Look forward to talking to you on Monday, Frank. Thank you.
1: Take care, Bob.
0: Yep, that is Frank Valley for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta Experience Live. Standard Mid Racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more information, head to thehorses.com. We'll get to NHL today and a couple of your texts when we return on orders now. We're going to go to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandise specialist. Head to elitepromomarketing.com. Just want to mention, uh, Drew and the gang, uh, some of the uh, old school pro boys, are going to be uh, rolling into Royal Pizza on uh, Monday. The Oilers practice during the course of that, so I'm going to be missing those guys there, but it uh, be great to, to, to get after it. Here is Brendan Escott with up to date scores from the National Hockey League You've got 13
2: games in the lead tonight. Yeah, uh, Canadians in action, down a pair already after. After 20 minutes to Los Angeles an all-Ontario matchup in Ottawa the Senators up on the Maple Leafs one nothing at the end of the first uh, Flames in action hosting Carolina in uh, about an hour or so Jets in Colorado Canucks home to Minnesota hopefully softening them up for tomorrow night's game <laughs> uh, excuse me Senators uh, defenseman Thomas Chabot will miss the next four weeks with a leg injury no surgery required there but uh, it's obviously Obviously a big loss. Already 26 years old is Thomas Shabbat. Nashville putting former first-rounder Liam Foodie back on waivers today. Uh, Bakersfield's playing Ontario in a home-and-home home series this weekend. Oil Kings get uh, the Gavin Hodnett-less. Uh, or Gavin Hodnett. Who am I thinking of? Gavin McKenna. Gavin excuse McKenna. Excuse me. And is Gavin McKenna out for I Medicine think, Hat? Is he not at World Junior Camp, or is that not started yet?
0: Oh, you know what? He might be at World no will know. That's, right? Well, we should my, double check
2: on that one because otherwise, he's, he's, he's the star attraction he's, right now. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, that happens tomorrow night, and the Golden Bears, they're off until the new year. All right, we're going to head off to uh, ah,
0: K Jams, Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. K says, Bob, I blame Woodcroft for this Broberg situation. He ran 11 and 7, which turned into 11 and 6 because he never played. He just. Uh, uh, uses McDavid cheat code to double shift him and Leon. That one comes from from KJAM. Look, I don't like what happened in Philly. That one game specifically. This is not on Jay Woodcroft for Philip Rober. That's that's just establish that right now. There's several parties uh, at fault here. Uh, off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn, and when we come back, uh, we will talk to Louis DeBrusque.